When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, usually I don't get to spoil things and I spoil them anyway for you, but usually I'm not supposed to spoil them. But this week... Um, you're never supposed to spoil them. That's kind of the thing. Yeah, but now you can't watch it. Well, I have it on my computer. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, this is episode 113 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, XL Media, and as always, Rivercrest NYC. Before we get into everything that's been going on with the Yankees over the past couple of weeks, some congratulations are in order, Allison. You became a grown-up. I did an adult thing, but that does not mean I'm a grown-up. Please do not get the two <laughs> things confused. <laughs> yes, I have purchased my first home. Unbelievable. Yay! Unbelievable. You're like 40 in my mind now. Oh, geez. Thank yeah, you. That's, that's a compliment. That's grown-up stuff, Allison. I don't even, I can't even get an apartment anymore. That's you got went and bought a whole ass house. I know, right? And now I can like rent out rooms to my sister. It's fine. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. You're going to have all this passive income. It's just going to pay your mortgage for you. Yes, indeed. I just, it's so exciting. I was over there today and obviously I've been trying to get the, get the move going, but you know, it's just, it's too exciting. I can't wait. Too oh, exciting. Can't wait to move in. Very happy for you. Congratulations on doing adult stuff, on buying a house. I know background, back end knowledge. I know how difficult of a process this has been. Yes, uh, it's been I'm about glad a you year finished and a half it. since I first started, and it's my 11th offer that was finally accepted. So just want to mention 11, Brett Gardner. Oh yeah. A lot of, yeah. Lucky number right there. You know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go down to the gas station after the podcast. I'm gonna grab a lottery ticket. First number I'm picking is 11 in the Powerball. I think it's like 300 million now. And that's Brett Gardner's going to get me 300 mil. That is what it is. Sounds good to me. I'll finally be Garrett Cole rich. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, lots of exciting things happening with the Yankees. Obviously I tweeted today. I've been a little out of it, a little MIA. So James catch me up. I really, I know what's going on, but I'm just, I'm giving you a, an end. So no, we're, yeah, we're going to catch the people up. It's all about the segues yeah, here yeah. for, for just references sake. Uh, since, you know, sometimes we record during games and occasionally <laughs> while we're recording during games, events will transpire after we're done recording, which thereby changes the nature of our podcast. So right now it is the bottom of the fifth inning. The Yankees are in line to sweep 
the Boston Red Sox. Finally, on the right end of the sweep against the Boston Red Sox this year, we are now in the wild card picture. And if we win tonight, the Red Sox will be bumped out of the wild card picture. And I am just, we have come a long way, Allison. The Yankees have come a long way this year. And the, the vibes were so bad for so long. We're, we're supposed to be still a lot better than we are. Uh, this this oh, is yeah. definitely a disappointment that we're in the wild card hunt instead of like five, 10 games up in the division race. You know, credit to the Tampa Bay Rays for being the Tampa Bay Rays. Of course, the, the Tampa Bay Rays every single year, and I hate them. But I am just, I'm happy to be back involved. I'm happy to be involved again. And it's, <laughs> this has been a long time coming, and I'm, I'm glad we finally made it here. And it's just the chance to sweep the Boston Red Sox right now. If you're looking for a moral victory, this is it. This is the moral victory. I have to say, it means so much more when the New York Yankees were literally nine and a half games back of the Red Sox in fourth place in the AL East. They looked hopeless. And now they are playing with literally everything to lose, but they're playing like they have absolutely nothing to lose. They are just balling out right now. And it is super fun to watch. I've really enjoyed watching Anthony Rizzo play amazing. Of course, haven't he seen too much of him while. yet. Yeah, haven't seen too much of him yet. But it's it has been awesome to have Anthony Rizzo around. But, you know, when it comes to when it comes to the Yankees, they did what a lot of people thought they couldn't do, and that was make up that ground against the Red Sox. And here they are proving everyone wrong. And once again, what could be the most important series of the season? Yeah, every series has been the most important one of the season since we got yeah. to like 10 games down in the division. All of a sudden, every every series was more important than the last one. But this is, I mean, this is like the cherry on top right now. If we win this, if we win this, the good vibes are here to stay. And that, that was the difference at the trade deadline that the Yankees were kind of sputtering coming into the trade deadline. The offense looked dead. The pitching was doing its best just to kind of keep us in the mix. And here we come at the trade deadline. We get Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo, and Andrew Heaney. I hate Andrew Heaney, by the way. I'll talk about Andrew Heaney a little bit later. Uh, but we get the good vibes in the clubhouse. We get some different voices in there. We get Luis Heal. He's been incredible. What an incredible story. Andrew Velasquez, the Bronx kid. He's just, just doing his thing. He's not really producing a whole lot, but just like having him around. Like he had a big RBI today. And it's just, it's a nice story. It's something that people are getting excited about. And it's been really tough. To get excited about the Yankees this year and and just over the past couple weeks past few weeks the, the entire atmosphere has changed and I'm finally having fun watching the Yankees again and I'm very confident in their ability to get to the postseason now I wasn't a couple weeks ago and now I'm just when does October start when does it start because I already know we're going to be there it is Definitely entertaining to watch. And, you know, Andrew Heaney, we'll talk about him because very clearly when you have him versus Lance Lynn starting the Field of yep. Dreams game, there is a problem. Yeah. Um, and obviously the Yankees had a lot of problems in terms of health just a few weeks ago. So we didn't even get to talk about the game, so we'll definitely talk about it too. But it has been so fun to watch. And quite honestly, I haven't seen a Yankees team that came out of the trade deadline after making such moves like they did and actually sit there and say, yup, these are the moves we needed to make. Let's prove it and actually done it. 
Yeah, and we're going to have another conversation later about Anthony Rizzo and Luke Voigt because of those moves. But just to just to go back to the Field of Dreams game, having Andrew Heaney pitch in that game felt like a karmic punishment to me because you you know that I do I do radio here in New York mm-hmm. in the mornings, okay? And every time the Los Angeles Angels come up on the radio show, Andrew Heaney is the first name I say when I'm complaining about how they don't have any starting pitching. I say, you have this great offense. You have Mike Trout. You have Shoei Otani. You have Anthony Rendon, two of whom have barely played at all this year, but that's a whole other thing. And then who is on your pitching staff beyond Shohei Otani? Dylan Bundy was your opening day starter. You got Andrew Heaney starting games. You want to go to the playoffs with Andrew Heaney in your rotation? And here we are at the trade deadline. And the Yankees have an extra $6 million to spend. Oh, let's go get Andrew Heaney. Okay, let's get him. And he's been terrible. Andrew Heaney's not a good pitcher. I've been saying it for so long. And here we have this incredible transcendent moment in the game of baseball. The first Major League Baseball game ever in Iowa. The first time that we built this whole stadium at the Field of Dreams site specifically for this game. The Yankees and the White Sox, two playoff hopeful teams, two teams at the beginning of the season we had penciled in for division winners and potential ALCS matchups. Lance Lynn possibly the AL Cy Young for the Chicago White Sox. And who do the Yankees have on the bump in the most meaningful baseball game of the season? Uh, emotionally, Andrew Heaney. That, <laughs> that felt like a karmic punishment to me for all the times I shit-talked Andrew Heaney when he was on the Angels. The fact that we even got him felt like a karmic punishment. And then the fact that he started in the Field of Dreams game and also got rocked. He didn't have a good Field of Dreams game. He got rocked. And, you know, credit to Andrew. He's having a pretty good night tonight. Whatever. The Red Sox offense has been dead for a couple of weeks now. So I'm not going to get too excited about that. Let's get to the bullpen. But, oh, Andrew Heaney, man, why? Why him? Why him? I just found it so funny that Lance Lynn was announced as the opposing starter. Because to well, me, it's friend. just like, it's just, it's the, the Field of Dreams game is supposed to transcend the game of baseball. Like, it's a and I'm not going to lie, the game was awesome. Amazing game. Amazing, amazing game. Amazing. Just the atmosphere, the love of the game, like the whole introduction session just gave me chills. It was awesome. And the uniforms, by the way, epic. Like Incredible I uniforms. Absolutely love those. So the entire game and the experience was amazing. And then, of course, you send these two out. Like, that's a Garrett Cole game. That is a game you want Garrett Cole because you know, first and foremost, he's going to appreciate it. So he's going to take in at every single moment of that. Then he's going to dominate. But although the Yankees lost on a walk-off, um, I have to say that might've been my favorite game of the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. The atmosphere, the way the game ended up, the back and forth, it was really everything we love about the sport and obviously Brett Gardner went yard. So amazing for me too, but the game itself, just amazing. I loved it. I, I know I used amazing like 12 times, but that's what it was. It was amazing. I didn't even care that the Yankees lost. It. I didn't even care that the Yankees lost at the end of the day, because just getting to sit down and, and watch that all of that unfold, Kevin Costner, just hanging around mm-hmm. the MOB network set all day, coming out of the corn and giving a speech before the game. And the players come out of the corn and they used a, a chain link fence so that the corn was pretty much hanging into the field through the mm-hmm. outfield. And the, it was incredible. The stadium was beautiful. It had like a minor league feel with major league mm-hmm. implications. And if you're looking for, 
what is the most dramatic possible ending to the most anticipated game in, let's say, since they announced it. Mm-hmm. John Carlos Stanton in the top of the ninth inning hits a two-run home run to give the Yankees a one-nothing lead. And then the White Sox come back and Tim Anderson walks it off. That is, you know, the Yankees lose, but from an objective baseball standpoint, mm-hmm. that was probably the best game of the entire year. I can agree. Um, and you know, I think first and foremost, you have to look at it as obviously he's paying uh homage to the you know, to the Field of Dreams movie, but just the fact of the matter that like that was a movie in itself just the just the game and you couldn't have written it any better once Perfect again script. yes storybook ending right there so epic and totally awesome and i'm so glad they're doing it again in 2022 although the yankees are not participating in it that'll be i believe it's the cubs and i don't remember who they're playing maybe the reds Maybe. Oh everyone's goodness. everyone's gonna get a chance yeah. they didn't build the field of dream stadium there just so that Right. Only just so that they could only use it once. There's going to be a right. game there every year. Plenty of teams are going to get their opportunity to play there. And it's going to be awesome every single time. It's just, it's never going to be the first time again. That was, that yeah. was something special from now on. It's going to be like, Hey, like feel the dreams this weekend. Like, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be pretty cool. We'll get to see the, we did it first. Yeah, we did it first. And and it's going to be, I think more about the players are, are going to be a little more nostalgic about it, getting to to go there and maybe the specific fan bases of the teams. But I think the players more to be able to go there themselves. And yeah, like maybe it mm-hmm. won't get the attention that it got in year one, but it is going to be a, like a transcendent experience. Because I know if I got to go to Iowa and, and got to even just take batting practice on the actual Field of Dream site, which they do, you can like go out in the outfield and have a catch or you can go and, and take batting practice on the actual site. And if I got to do that, that would be like, that's going on my tombstone important to mm-hmm. me. Like that's the yeah. first thing hit, hit a home run into the corn on the field of dream site. And uh, Brian Hoke ended up having to drive all the way out there because completely of- overshadowed the game too. That, that story right, exactly. was everywhere. Honestly, I was obviously preparing for the, the game the entire day, but I was more concerned with how he was getting there. If he was going to get there in time, I was more concerned about that. Yeah, he just like he stumbled into maybe the greatest story of the year. Kind of like oh, yeah. when Absolutely. when Lindsay Adler came across the Madden thing, the Madden mm-hmm. League with Tommy Canley. It's just yeah, we just accidentally stumbled into this. Somebody offhandedly mentioned that Tommy Canley is the commissioner of the team Madden League. Yeah, well, Brian Hoke, oh, all of a sudden weather delays his flight so much. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna drive. I'm gonna drive all the way to Iowa overnight and just Instagram the whole thing and do a bunch of interviews the next day. And you could see it in his eyes that he's no spring mm-hmm. chicken, that kind of overnight drive. Like I get that. If I had to stay mm-hmm. up all night the next day, I look like death, but it made the best story of the year. And we love Brian. Really Hoke. Did. Brian Hoke is awesome. It really did. I think the, the fact of the matter is when you look at it, um, he, I just kept, watching the numbers dwindle down as he kept giving updates and i'm like he's 360 miles away he's never gonna make it in time but yet i'm not thinking about anything to do with the yankees i'm just thinking about how he's going to make it there i was like when he stopped to take a nap i was like whoa whoa, whoa brian brian what what are we doing here this is let's get it moving you know this game is only going to happen once right you don't get a second shot at this what if you hit traffic on the way there and he's like i gotta take i gotta take a nap 
gotta take a nap right now. It's just I'm I'm an old man. I just when the nap hits, the nap hits, and that's that is what it is. But oh man, it's just all around a fantastic experience. Nothing will ever be like that again. And I was just even though we lost, I was loving the positive vibes. I was loving it. And that home run from John Carlos Stanton kind of sparked a little bit of a hot streak for him over the last week. He's been hitting really well. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I think a lot of people actually got mad at me on Twitter because I literally said, I don't care what the outcome of the game was because this was just the most epic thing I've ever seen. And people were like, you're not a real Yankees fan. It's a where it's a where were you when it happened type moment. Right, exactly. It's, it's something it's that you those, remember. Right. It's one of those things where, like you said, this field of dreams thing is probably going to go on for years to come. But you can be like, I literally watched the entire first field of dreams game and it was amazing. Every single pitch, that? every single pitch. And I had I, just the best time top to bottom, an amazing game. Yeah. Yeah. So you can say that and it's going to make history. So yeah, and then awesome. people are going to get mad at you online because, oh, the Yankees lost and that's all I care about. All right, you fucking try hard. How about we just enjoy the game of baseball? This is baseball. It's supposed to be fun. God damn it. We're having fun. <laughs> Stop quoting TikToks, but really, you know. I think that's a movie quote or a show quote. I don't yeah, know what yeah. show it's from, but TikTok definitely stole it from a movie or a show. Yes. Yes, they did. <laughs> Oh, man. So the Yankees have good vibes going on right now from the Field of Dreams game on to mm-hmm. this week. Now we're almost through where I think we're through the sixth inning now or through the top of the sixth inning. Mm-hmm. Still sweeping the Boston Red Sox, still in line for the sweep. And that's going to be great because I'm finally going to actually receive money for my $10 a game bet with my buddy Max. Uh, so far, uh, Allison, you know exactly how poor I am. And so far, mm-hmm. betting $10 a game on the Yankees and Red Sox has kind of added up this year. It's been adding up. <laughs> And I can see. So I'm going to really enjoy the end of this game. And I think some of the things we have to mention are the things that are going right for the Yankees that are, we have really positive vibes around right now. One of them being Nestor Cortez Jr. Our guy, our guy. Now that Luis Tessa is gone, I'm hardcore on the Nestor Cortez Jr. train. Obviously not the same train as the closer train, but I'm hardcore on this guy is awesome and he can do no wrong right now he just seems every time he is called upon to throw in a spot start whatever he needs he does something just so awesome and everyone's like this guy's great we already knew that yeah we knew we knew from the days when he was backing up chad green in the in the opener games uh, i think it was 2019 and also just to mention Luis says he's pitching pretty well for cincy right now throwing throwing pretty well Throwing pretty well. So good for Luis. But Nestor Cortez, he was just this this long man in the bullpen that nobody really wanted. And and he didn't throw hard. And all of a sudden, you know, the Yankees have this need. We have this lack of starting pitching because of the COVID situation and because of injuries. And we need somebody to just give us spot starts. Hopefully, Nestor can get us through three innings. And all of a sudden, he's throwing five innings, six innings, six and a third. Like he's going deep Mm -hmm. into games and he's not throwing particularly hard, but he's, he's got the master deception going. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that was noted that he has really like mastered the art of deception. And he's got all the different deliveries. He's got different timing. He throws above his head, sidearm, fast delivery, slow delivery, and he mixes them all up really well. The changeup has been really good. The slider fastball has been fine, even though it's not very fast. Uh, But he has just been a, a godsend just as Luis Hill has been. 
who's come out of nowhere. And I think mm-hmm. he just set the record for most consecutive innings to start his career without allowing a run. Jabba Chamberlain shout out. Jabba Chamberlain. Yeah. Our daily Jabba Chamberlain mentioned. He actually, yes. he actually spoke on that. I think, I think he quote tweeted that stat and be like, actually I went 21 without an unearned run. So, oh. okay, let's, let's calm down here. But he also set a record first pitcher ever to make his first three career starts and not give up a run in any of them. He has just been incredible, incredible. Mm-hmm. And it begs the question. We got some pitchers coming back. Allison, we got pitchers right. coming back. Corey Kluber's getting close. He's close. I know. You know, it's funny. I was the yes network was, was on at a restaurant. I was at the other week and I'm watching this game and it was a Yankees encore Yankees classic. And so I'm watching him like, it looks like that's from this year. Just casually watching see Corey Kluber's face. I'm like, Oh my God, it's his no hitter. Of course. We watched the entire thing. Of course. Completely epic. But I'm like, I totally forgot about Corey Kluber. Yeah. Corey Kluber. He is now in triple a on his rehab assignment. He moved up from double a to triple a this week on his rehab assignment. So when Kluber comes back, it's, let's just get the definites out there. Garrett Cole, Jamison Tyone, who has been one of the best pitchers in baseball since the start of July. We always knew he had it in him. We knew it was coming eventually. Mm-hmm. His advanced stats were way too good for his actual stats. Jordan Montgomery, he has been fantastic, fantastic this year. Beyond that, there are some question marks. Luis Heal, Corey Kluber. Mm-hmm. Nestor Cortez, do we keep starting Nestor? He's been doing a really good job for us. Do we keep starting him or do we move him back into that long man bullpen role? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think once you make that decision, though, you have to stick with it regardless of what happens. If you put him back in that long man role in the bullpen, you absolutely cannot call him back into the starting rotation at any point for the rest of the season. That's just... It, no, can't do we've that. We've seen what it does. We've can't seen do what that. it does. Yeah, can't do that. And Domingo Herman, he will be back eventually. He will be mm-hmm. back. So let's put Corey Kluber into the fourth starter spot right away. That's one spot for Andrew Heaney, who we can just launch into the sun at any time. I'd be fine with that. Uh, Nestor Cortez, Luis Heal, and Domingo Herman. That's a lot of competition for that fifth starter spot. And all of a sudden, the Yankees have some pitching depth. That's something That's we haven't had in a long time. Did I forget to um, mention Luis Severino? Yeah, Luis Severino actually is, he's going for a second opinion on his ah, MRI. Okay. Yeah. Yes, because I, I knew I read something the other day where they didn't really give any information. But they they didn't. I still don't know what's wrong with him. Yeah. I still don't know. Kind of scratched him and then they were like, oh yeah, he's just, he's just getting checked out. Yeah, he said in before the game, he was warming up. He said, something doesn't feel right. Gets scratched from his start. They send him for an MRI. They don't tell us what's actually wrong with him. I still don't know what the actual injury is. And then yesterday, they say, well, we're going to send Luis for a second MRI. Just get a second opinion. Like, well, what did the first one show? <laughs> what's, right. what's wrong? But usually when you hear second opinion, it's like... Mm-hmm shit something we're talking like mm-hmm. major surgery and we're just going to another doctor to see if we can get somebody to say you know what he's probably fine and if you know Luis Severino and a guy like Clint Frazier too Luis Severino Clint Frazier it's like every time they start to get back and they start to get right again get healthy get off the IL all of a mm-hmm. sudden they get hit by a train 
Well, I mean, that's pretty much exactly what they said about Clint Frazier, too, when they uh, transferred him to the uh, the long term IL. But basically, they said he just he didn't feel good because he didn't feel right. And he was hitting well. He was hitting well in his rehab mm-hmm. games. And and all of a sudden, he's something something's not right with Clint Frazier. And I could not feel worse for a human being than Clint Frazier, yeah. because every time he gets a shot, something like this happens to him where this, it just reminds me. And I know it's not the same um, in comparison, but it really does remind me of if Greg Bird, it does, you know, like Greg Bird was given yep. so many opportunities, had that shot, breaks his leg, <laughs> breaks his wrist, like on freak things too. Couldn't not stay healthy. Just couldn't yeah. stay healthy. And, and it's scary for Clint Frazier because it's not like, it's not like mm-hmm. he's diving in the outfield and breaking his mm-hmm. wrist or he's not, you know, straining his hamstring or something it's it's all in his head it's his brain that's you know he's fine one day and then the next day like something's not right it's not working anymore it's the concussion symptoms and and they just keep coming back and Mm -hmm. and getting to him and making it difficult for him to play baseball and he's he's not going to get another shot with the yankees now i'll tell you that much because yeah joey gallo aaron judge john carlos stanton aaron hicks will be back eventually even moving forward, you got Greg Allen who put in some good work this year. So Greg Allen is he's a good backup. And I will say Brett Gardner over the last couple of weeks, he's been hitting pretty well. I think in his last 15 games, he has an OPS over 800. So thank you, Iowa. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you, Iowa. Thank you for juicing the balls for the Field of Dreams game. And all <laughs> of a sudden, Brett Gardner is becoming a, a fairly productive player in the lineup. He's, we had him hitting second, second in the lineup, Allison. Brett Gardner. <laughs> That was that was um, not good. We shouldn't so have had a meeting. I was watching on my computer screen here, and you know the Red Sox pitcher just left. I don't know his name because I don't have the time of day to remember those things. Garrett Richards. But, yeah. In this game. Yeah. Yeah, Garrett Richards. He yeah, came um, in for uh, Nick Pavetta. Started. He was brushing his hair in the dugout. Oh yeah. Do you know Garrett Richards was like one of the one of the first guys when the foreign substance thing came down. He was like, yeah, like I'm going to wash out of the league without foreign substances because he he made his money. He's a veteran. He's he's like in it. But he straight up admitted like, yeah, I've been using like sunscreen and rosin and stuff. He wasn't pitching that well this year Mm -hmm. to begin with. And he's a guy who struggled with injuries his whole career. But once they banned foreign substances, he was saying out loud to reporters like, yeah, like this couldn't have come at a better time in my career because I've already made my money and I am not going to be able to survive in this game without foreign substances. Well, 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 look at that. Well, All well, I well. Is that I was watching him brush his hair in the dugout. It was weird. He's got I'm a lot sure of hair. I was continuously watching it, but I also couldn't stop watching. It's like, it's like a car crash on the highway. Like you don't yeah. want to look at it. You don't want to see what's going like, on there, but it's you. like, yeah, huh, what's going on over there? I don't want to see you. Oh, Brett Gardner. Yep. On base again. Look at that. Look at that. I didn't spoil that one for you. I saw it and I didn't spoil it for you. So props to me. Props to me. I knew it was Brett Gardner. I knew it was special to you. I didn't even acknowledge it because I knew if I acknowledged it in my own brain that I would have at least made a face or something while Brett Gardner was at bat. And you would have known from my facial expression what would have happened because I'd I feel bad when I do that, Allison. I feel bad when I spoil hits for you, you for the Yankees. I okay. do because there is – it's the same feeling I get like when I'm watching West Coast baseball, like when I'm watching the Padres and I get a, an MLB at-bat notification before mm-hmm. I see the play actually happen. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's like 
it's hard. Fuck, man. Like now I know right. Fernando's going to hit a home run. Like it's going to look cool. It's going to be awesome. But there's nothing like that when you're watching the game, that moment when it hits the mm-hmm. bat and you're like, yep, that's gone. That's gone. Yeah. Get out of here. I have to say the MLB app is really killing me because it's always just far enough ahead where I'm watching the game and I just, I see it buzz and I don't even look at it, but I'm like, I know it's MLB. So either someone scored. Someone did something. Someone did something. So I kind of like have to, I have to pay attention. Like, are there runners on base? So now you're expecting action. Nobody's on base. Someone just hit on home run you know like you can kind of know these things i just i don't like knowing them in advance i like to just watch it all happen i was like when when i am watching a game that is delayed on uh like mlb tv or something i will put my phone like Mm -hmm. five feet from me and i'll cover i'll put a blanket over it and under it so that i can't hear the vibration going because i know like if i Mm -hmm. hear the vibration not only do i know i'm gonna look at my phone but i know like in the back of my head okay like something is about to happen in this game i know something's gonna happen in this game now and that kind of takes the fun out of it because baseball is a slow game that when something does happen something exciting does happen it like it perks you up you're ready to go yeah but like if you've already watched the entire game, like you're going to want to sit through all that crappy stuff and be excited when something happens instead of being like, "Mm, yeah, he's going to hit a home run in two seconds. Three, two, one. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I earned that excitement. Okay. I just watched seven straight strikeouts. I earned Mm -hmm. that excitement. Yep. I agree with this. I totally agree. I'm on the same page as you. Yeah. Uh, Also, Speaking of pitching, which is the conversation we were having before, before we went on this tangent, uh, I feel like we have to give Jonathan Loisega some props. That's our guy, Allison. Yeah. You know what? Now I have so many guys. Like, I still love Luis Sessa. I'm still going to cheer him on. But there's a lot of guys that just really, really make things happen. And I love it. And Loisega, of course, yesterday got into a little bit trouble um, during the first game of the doubleheader. But he did it. He worked his way out of it. And it was beautiful. And he gave us quite possibly the picture of the year as he was celebrating. Oh, yeah. And you ready for this stat? Hmm. Jonathan Loisega leads all American League relievers in war. 2.2 leads all American League relievers. And I know when we mentioned Luis Sessa for closer, that was kind of, mm-hmm. it was a little bit tongue in cheek. High and a li- leverage. Yeah, it's, you know, we saw the high leverage numbers and they were really good. And we were saying, you know, maybe Luis Sessa should be closer a little bit tongue in cheek. But when I talk about Jonathan Loisega for closer, I am deadly serious. Deadly serious. Jonathan Loisega for closer. That's realistic. That's realistic. Haven't people compared him before to Mariano Rivera? Yeah, he yeah, when he was still a starting pitcher. And at that Mm -hmm. time, the, the comparison didn't really fit. It was Kevin Cash. We said he mm. kind of reminds me of Mariano Rivera. And at the times we were looking at Jonathan Luisa's repertoire and we're like, what exactly about this screams Mariano Rivera to you? And he wasn't mm-hmm. actually pitching all that well. When he was a starter, he didn't mm-hmm. pitch all that well. And right. the only comparison we could find was skinny. They're both mm-hmm. skinny guys and they, <laughs> they throw kind of hard. But now, now you can start to see the comparison a little bit. And it's not the cutter, but it's the two seamer that, that rides in really hard. And he actually, he lost one of those yesterday at 99 miles per hour. Yeah. But you saw like the movement, like it, you've seen Bull Durham. It, the ball was heading for the bull. And then it just took a right turn right back to the catcher. 
Uh, that's a good comparison, actually. Um, no, actually, if it was just Kevin Cash comparing him, no. Yeah, fuck Kevin him. Cash. Fuck that guy. Of course, the only reason he was comparing the two is because he was looking at surface level because that's it was kind skinny, of what two he does. skinny guys. And that was not yeah. Jonathan Lewisigo wasn't Mariano Rivera. He was just a skinny guy who threw hard. And there are plenty of those guys in Major League Baseball. If you want to go just, that yeah. route. Yeah, if you want to go that route, you can look at Miguel right. Castro for the Mets. Like, yeah, skinny guy throws pretty hard. Must be Mariano Rivera. Yeah, he wanted the sound bite for sure. He just wanted the attention. Yeah, and all of a sudden he backed into being sort of correct. And it's, I think it's important that we make the distinction. Just because yeah. he said it doesn't mean he was right. He just so happened to be correct. That's true. I think he was not looking at the right factors when making the comparison either. No, it's like so doing I'm, a math problem. And right. if the answer is 13. You get it one way. The teacher gets it a different way. But you're not getting credit for that on the test. That yes, I like that. I that like that. One. That Don't was a good give metaphor. Kevin Cash, any more credit? No, never. Uh, and on a less exciting note about the pitching, uh, we might have to have a little bit of a conversation about Zach Britton because <laughs> after the Field of Dreams game, he went into the locker room, told Aaron Boone, "You can't put me in the save situation anymore. I can't get it done. I can't. It's just, it's not going to happen." And then what happened? Literally the next game, 10th inning, who was on the mound? He didn't get the save situation because it was the 10th inning. And, you know, we didn't really have a choice, but it's just, just like it was perfect Yankees that after Zach Britton blows the Field of Dreams game, he goes to Aaron Boone, says, I can't be the closer anymore. Aaron Boone says, you know what? OK, we won't use you in the ninth inning tomorrow. We're going to use you in the 10th. <laughs> no, that's definitely an Aaron Boone move. Like he would definitely be like, absolutely I totally respect your decision. Totally fine. And then he puts him in like, ha, not a safe situation. I also don't trust you. I think you're going to be great. <laughs> oh my God. I can't, I can't believe that I talked all this shit about Andrew Heaney already on this podcast. And he is now in the seventh inning and mm-hmm. he's only given up one earned run, <laughs> 101 <gasps> pitches. And he just only struck out Rafael hits. Devers. Yeah. He has just been, I don't yeah. know how many hits he's given up. Let's, let's look that up. Let's look I that think it's up. only two. Yeah, because that's like, that's perfect James Luck right there. Like, you talk all mm-hmm. this shit about Andrew Heaney, and I'm 100% correct. Andrew Heaney is terrible. He is a bad pitcher, and he's just, <laughs> today, two hits, one run. <laughs> like, come on, man. He knows maybe, I'm on the podcast. Maybe he's just a, uh, maybe he's just a pennant race pitcher, to be honest. Like, maybe, maybe. he thrives in those situations. There's just, there's no way he finds himself on the postseason roster, not even as a long man out of the bullpen because the, the postseason roster, let's, uh, let's just imagine we get to the wild card game. We win the wild card game. We go to a five game set. It's Garrett Cole, Jamison Tyone, Corey Kluber, Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. Who's your long man? Probably Nestor Cortez Jr. Because yeah. he has been the most point. consistent. And if, if mm-hmm. Luis Heel keeps it up, maybe you can keep him and, and, you know, you can use him as like a, a fifth, sixth inning guy. Go get two innings for me out there. Where does Andrew Heaney fit in? Doesn't. Get out of here. Get out of here, Andrew Heaney. Thank you for that one win against the Boston Red Sox in August. But I don't want to ever see your stupid face again. Quite honestly, maybe he just thrives under that pressure of the pennant race. And the Angels have never been in the pennant race. So therefore, he's never had an opportunity. He has no idea. And all of a sudden he gets here, goes, wait a minute, we could be in the playoffs. Let me turn into 
Andy Pettit. Right. Thank Andy you. Pettit. I was just trying to think of a comparison. <laughs> when you say when you say Yankees postseason lefty, it's yeah. Andy Pettit every time. <laughs> and guess so, yeah. guess who's warming up in the Boston Red Sox bullpen right now, Allison? Andy Pettit. Old friend Adam Adovino, right-handed Andy Pettit. I watched him pitch uh, when I was at Fenway Park that one time, and I I felt sad because I missed him. Did you know once you remember the thing that happened with him and Shohei Otani? He like he trash talked Shohei Otani. Since then, he has been one of the worst relievers in baseball. I just don't understand how you can trash talk him. Like I don't. Well, we also had yesterday a Jack Morris thing. You saw that today, right? That was just. And that's I unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I just like, I don't understand what goes through these. Like that. Let's go all the way back to the Tom Brenneman thing. Like he didn't know he was on air. He's a shitty dude. And he shouldn't have said that, but he didn't know he was on air. When we're talking mm-hmm. about these guys who are like on the broadcast talking yeah. on the broadcast. And he thinks it's like, yeah, like, you know, what would really get the people going right now? An offensive Asian accent. Now that Shohei Otani is coming up. Like, what are you thinking? What? What possessed you to do that? All these people that have this power and quite literally don't have to apologize for their actions. And for the most part, a lot of times oh, he got suspended. He's going to apologize. He got suspended. But that and was like apologize now. Yeah, that the podcast I did, the bonus podcast, one of mm-hmm. my one of my favorite quotes in it was from uh, our good buddy Woodsy. He said, complaining about like the broadcasters in MLB talking about guys who played in like the 1960s and and guys who are like these low key racist dog whistling guys talking about oh, these bat flips and the chains and all this stuff. Like those are the guys you got to get rid of. Jack Morris, probably a guy you have to get rid of if he's going to be dropping Asian stereotypical accents on the right. broadcast. Didn't right. expect didn't expect to go into that today. <laughs> No, I know. It's just, it's one of those topics you just have to discuss, but quite honestly, like you see all these people that have this power and are in this position and other people would kill to be in this position. And yet you've got gentlemen, like, well, not, not a gentleman, no, no bad gentleman. guy, bad guy, bad guy, a bad guy, like Jack Morris, just deciding to just offend an entire culture. Yeah. Um, and it's, my, it's people, they just got into the business so long ago that they're just entrenched in it. And I look at like a guy like Chris Russo, he has his own show on MLB mm-hmm. network. He's got his own radio show. And I can't recall a single time where I've listened to something Chris Russo said and been like, not only is that smart, but it's also statistically accurate. It's just, he has like no mm-hmm. feel for the modern game of baseball. And it's just all these guys that are in the booth now or on radio shows. Now they're they're pining for the days of the 60s and 70s, but that's not what baseball is anymore. So they just keep mm-hmm. acting like baseball is the same game, but it's not, and they just don't get it. And there's thousands of people who would not only kill to have that job, but would kill at that job, who do mm-hmm. an, a fantastic job. Like if you put Absolutely. if you put Max Greenfields on a MLB Statcast broadcast, yeah. he would kill it. He knows all the numbers. That's our stats mm-hmm. genius right there. He would do a fantastic job, and he. You know, we have him on all the time to explain these stats to us in in lay people's terms. We're pretty analytic. We have a pretty good sense of analytics, but like sometimes we need a little bit of help. Like, yeah, well, we have this we have this Babbitt, but can you really explain to us what that is? What is ex woba max? <laughs> Teach me. And like, those are the yes. people who who should be in this injury industry doing such a a much better job than oh, yeah. assholes like Jack Morris who are just out there trying to make racist jokes. Yeah. Um, on a positive note, I do want to say that uh, that was 108 pitches. 
Great, great start tonight. for Andrew Heaney. Great start. 108 I, pitches, two hits, one uh, run. Did he, did he finish the seventh? I, I wasn't looking at he the did, screen. Yeah. He did finish the seventh. Seven yeah. strong. Unbelievable. Seven, seven innings, two hits, one run on the same episode that I spent like 10 minutes dogging him. So that's Please, let's yep. do this next time too. Let's yeah, do it every every, every we're gonna record on Andrew Heaney. Andrew Heaney bump day is now gonna be uh forever podcast day. And I'm gonna start the podcast by saying all the things I hate about Andrew Heaney, and he's gonna win a Cy Young. So that's that's pretty incredible. Good for him. You know, good for him because he heard you, James. Yeah, he he read our tweets, he read your mean tweets. Me? No, 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 no. That's I just didn't say anything mean. That's, that's just what people say when a player starts playing well after people have been dogging him. Like he read your tweets. He got on his burner. He saw everything. I've only had one Yankee player read my tweets and react to them, and that's Clint Frazier. Yes, Clint Frazier, our our king, our king, mm-hmm. who is he's destined for somewhere else, Allison. And I gotta be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing him rejoin Greg Bird in Colorado. I think. If that happened, we would become like closet Rockies fans. I think I'm already a closet Rockies fan, to be honest. They just have cool uniforms, I think. They do have cool uniforms. That's right. I'll say the beyond the the White Sox Field of Dreams uniforms, which were awesome. But mm-hmm. I think the White Sox have maybe the best spread of like alternate uniforms. They have like 12 different oh, jerseys yeah. and they're all awesome. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Maybe um, the Marlins are up there too, because they do a lot of more a lot more colorful stuff though. And that's it's a little loud for me. I don't really like the mm-hmm. loud stuff, but I think the White Sox, they just nail all of their uniforms. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. And you know, obviously this year we've seen a lot of those like City Connect uh jerseys as well. Yes. Um, which are pretty cool too. I, I kind of like that concept. Still have to say though, maybe it's a super hot take, but those old-fashioned Yankees jerseys for the Field of Dreams They were awesome. are amazing. Just gives me chills thinking about it. Yeah, like, those are those things where, I, like, when people complain about the Yankees maybe getting an alternate jer- jersey in the future, I'm like, well, first of all, home games are always going to be the pinstripes, no matter what. Mm-hmm. The Yankees are never going to wear anything but the pinstripes at home. But when you're on the road, like, don't you get tired of the grays? Like I know I, I dogged the players weekend jerseys a couple years ago when they first had it, but the, like the black and white ones, but when they mm-hmm. came out, they looked really good. I would, mm-hmm. I would absolutely be down to have those as like an alternate Jersey or the spring training jerseys, or just design a whole new one, or maybe go like old timey, go retro with the, with the away jerseys and just mm-hmm. add a little, add a little bit of flavor. Just... Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw a sneak peek of the players weekend jerseys for this year. They're doing players weekend this year. I had no idea. I thought they were, maybe I'm mistaken. Um, but I thought I saw, I haven't seen anything about that, but they, I, it wouldn't are, doubt me. It just like, didn't cross my it. mind. It's the, last, it's the last weekend in August. So it's huh. literally not this weekend, but the next weekend, I'm pretty sure I got a sneak peek of the Yankees one. Someone posted it on Twitter or something. I'll have to see if I can find it. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it seemed pretty cool. Nice. Okay. Okay. So we'll get get a little bit of alternate jerseys I mean, going. I'm not gonna lie though. Was last year the um was last year the year that they did the black jerseys? I don't I don't know if they did it last year. I know because tw- it was 2019 when we had the black and white jerseys because we still had Didi. 
So that, uh, that must have been know, 20. Maybe, okay, so that must have been 2019. Yeah, or maybe 2018. I forget when we when we lost Didi. Maybe 2018. But the, I remember like when those black jerseys came out, I remember thinking they were just the worst things I'd ever seen before. And then you mm-hmm. saw them like actually in action. I was like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Aaron Judge looks pretty good hitting dingers in this thing. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. I'll have to see if I can find it and send it to you, but I'm pretty positive I saw like a little sneak peek. Yeah, we'll see. We'll find out later. Uh, last topic. Last topic I have. I don't know if you have any more. Uh, we got to talk about the Luke Voigt, Anthony Rizzo situation. Okay. So just a basic recap, because this is kind of my bread and butter here. I love drama. Yes. Um, so- MLB drama underrated. <laughs> so Luke Voigt obviously is speaking to reporters. Um talking about how he understands why they got Anthony Rizzo and Anthony's really good at first base, but he feels like he deserves to play. And he, he likes to remind us that he led the league in home runs last year in a shortened season and was an MVP candidate. He was. I'm going to be honest. I did not like anything about that interview. It was a little bit shocking to me. I, I It was I like a little, it. it was a little too blunt. For me, because I know, you know, MLB drama, like like sports like the NFL and the NBA, like really thrive on drama between players. And MLB has never really done that. It does get the people talking when there is drama in baseball and, and it's good for the sport. But when it's your own team and it's like internal drama, it kind of sends up the fire alarm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's slow down for a second before this becomes like a toxic clubhouse. And we don't we have people got to choose sides and, and shit like that. I mean, I think. The right quote is probably Anthony Rizzo is a really good player, but I I think I've done a really good job. So I just want to continue to contribute to the team as much as I can. PR quote, you're done. You're good to go. Easy, quick. No, the things that he said, I mean, I understand. I get that he really wants to play. I tweeted this earlier today, but I get that he really wants to play and I get that he's been working hard. It's just the situation is it's not that Anthony, it's not that he was playing and they went out and got Anthony Rizzo. He was hurt. He's barely played. He's barely played all year. He's been hurt multiple times. So they knew they had to do something. They can't rely on him to be healthy right now. So they went out and they got Anthony Rizzo. So it's not like he was there and starting and doing all these things. And they're like, Oh, we should get Anthony Rizzo because we want to replace him. I feel like he took it way too personally, but dude, you've been hurt. And when you play, you really haven't been playing that great. So he's been hurt all year. Anthony Rizzo is the exact opposite of Luke Voigt outside of this COVID thing. That's, you know, that's a, that's a freak occurrence. That's not an Anthony Rizzo is injury prone type thing. Anthony Rizzo is a workhorse. He is, he is a Lou Gehrig esque iron man. He plays every single day all year Mm -hmm. and you don't have to really worry about him getting nicked up or injured he's going to be a consistent presence in your lineup all year that's not something we can really say for Luke Voigt over the course of his Yankees career he has been hurt a lot a lot and it's it's overshadowed because then you can move DJ LeMayhew to first base and you still have DJ LeMayhew there who's who's good defensively and he's Mm -hmm. you know not this year as much but he's been a good hitter for the Yankees so you're not really missing that that thump in the lineup as much as you probably should be but the other thing is there are ways to get luke void at bats you can play john mm-hmm. carlos Stanton in the outfield if you want to yeah. do that and and you know this offseason 
Yankees have a choice to make. They're either going to re-sign Anthony Rizzo, which I really think they should do. Because not only is is Anthony Rizzo a good player, but he's also, you know, we've seen immediately the impact he had on the clubhouse Mm because the bad vibes are gone. We got good vibes now ever since we got Anthony Rizzo. So I think that's a a fantastic fit for the clubhouse. And how do you know Luke Voigt's going to stay healthy? He's in Mm -hmm. his 30s. He's only going to get more injury prone from here on out. And, And if it's a matter of whether we have to trade Luke Voigt or whether we have to figure out a way to keep John Carlos Stanton healthy in the outfield all year. Anthony Rizzo should stay here. And if Luke Voigt is going to get consistent at bats, it's probably not going to be with the Yankees this year. It's too late to do anything about it. We're going to have to figure it out this year. And, and hopefully by the end of the year, we figured out a way to have Stanton Gallo and judge all in the outfield together, you know, RIP Guardy's career, but get Luke Voigt in the DH spot, get him at bats. Unless he's not hitting well, then put Guardy back in the outfield and just have a good defensive outfield, have Stanton at DH. Don't worry about him getting injured. And there's just, there's so much to consider. And, and if Luke Voigt was just healthy, this wouldn't have even been on the table. If, if he had just stayed healthy this year, if he was able to stay healthy consistently in his career, this wouldn't have even been on the table to get Anthony Rizzo because we would have had Luke Voigt there already. And he probably would have been playing a lot better than he has been playing this year. Cause he's been not great. He hasn't been great this year. He definitely isn't 2020 Luke Voigt this year because he's been playing hard. Yeah, I mean, in, you basically just said everything. But, yeah, it it comes down to the fact that, like, he sounds like he's taking it very personally. And he also sounds like it's almost – it's a very selfish attitude to have for a team that is really trying to work hard and needs every piece working together. Um, yeah, don't oh don't you can think this, but don't say this to the media because you right, know how exactly. the New York media is. It's going to turn it around and make it look bad. And quite honestly, I didn't need anyone to tell me because I thought it sounded bad. Yeah, and come on, Luke Voigt, we know you want to play, man. Everyone wants to play. Yeah, Andrew Velasquez exactly. wants to play. He wants to play every day. <laughs> and this is this is your professional baseball career. Of course, you want to play every day. You don't have to say that out loud everybody already knows that you don't have to turn it into a sound bite for the new york media you know you got the new york post out here phil phil mushnick probably licking his chops right now talking about the Mm -hmm. toxic culture in the yankees locker room because luke voigt said one thing wrong yeah i mean it's just like looking at it it's a very selfish thing to say i didn't like the way it came off i didn't like the way it sounded and i did not like how he basically said i deserve to play like dude you know who else deserves to play all these people that have been playing all year long I mean that happens when people go through slumps you get sat you know it doesn't have to be like you don't get sat for 12 or you know 10 or 12 games in a row but you get some time where you have to figure things out they let you do that but like happens everyone who is in this position in major league baseball has done has paid their dues they've gone through the minor leagues they come up through the systems in that case everyone deserves to play yeah and there are there are guys that do have a little bit more leverage in that situation Mm -hmm. like a guy like Aaron Judge if you pushed Aaron Judge off his position and he said in the media I want to continue to play right field every day you put him in right field every day Mm -hmm. because that's where the star of your team said he wants to play Luke Voigt's only been here a couple years he hasn't really yeah. he hasn't had this long Yankees career where he's like the face of the team. He had a, a couple really great years for the Yankees. And last year he was probably their best hitter overall. If you, you know, if you know DJ LeMay, he was the best contact hitter, Luke Voigt's the best power hitter, whatever it was, this was a, a really solid 
year for Luke Voigt last year. This year, he didn't have it. But you don't have that five, six-year track record to look back on and say, like, it's just a bad year. No, this could be that Luke Voigt had the prime of his career. It could be that he had the prime of his career. I don't believe that. I think Luke Voigt has plenty of, of prime left in his career. But I'm not going to give up on Anthony Rizzo, who does have that track record, because Luke Voigt said, I want to play every day. He doesn't have to also remind us of what he did in 2020. We didn't forget about you, Luke. No, we, we remember. We the remember. Is, right now, you're not 2020, Luke. And if you want to prove to us that you are, then we need you to prove it to us. And you're going to get opportunities to hit. You are going to get opportunities. It's when you take advantage of those opportunities that is when you earn back that playing time that unfortunately you lost because you were injured. Yeah. Luke Voigt has played in just 39 games this year. That's how injured he's been. That's why the Yankees went out and got Anthony Rizzo. And even in those 39 games, he is an exactly league average hitter. Exactly league average. Yes. There's not a whole lot to look at in Luke Voigt's career to say, you know what? He's not over the hill. It's just through a slump. Luke Voigt came to the league late. He came late. And I, I mean, personally, I think he's got a lot of baseball left in him. I think he's going to be great for another team. I just, I don't know how he fits into the Yankees plans moving forward. Cause I really like Anthony Rizzo. I really want to keep Anthony Rizzo. I really oh, like yeah. that guy. I agree. And, I and agree. Luke Voigt, if Anthony Rizzo is on the roster, Luke Voigt isn't at the, at the start of next season. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was definitely a weird thing to hear from, um, Luke Voigt, because I didn't think it was like that, but it really seemed very cocky and just arrogant, oh, and I didn't like boy. that. Zach, yeah, Zach Britton, in the game, Zach so Britton is after the game in the eighth inning, just one week after he told Aaron Boone not to put him in closer situations. He's now in, well, in he's the eighth not, inning. Man, it's the eighth inning, though. It's still pretty high leverage. I mean, it's three on the head. And when are you going to pitch Zach Britton if not the seventh, eighth, or ninth anyway? But I don't know. We'll see. I just I don't want this one to get away from us, Allison, because the Yankees have this this problem where we just don't finish off teams in the in the sweep game. We just never finish off teams in the sweep game. And I'm really hoping that changes today because I would like 30 more dollars in my pocket. I need that 30 dollars. Is what it is. Uh, you got anything else for the Yankees? Um, no, I think I'm okay. No, I think we covered it all. Yeah. So, uh, we'll wrap it up there then. And hopefully in about, well, we have an inning and a half left maybe. So in the next three hours, this game should probably end and the Yankees will get a win and we'll sweep the Boston Red Sox. We'll head to Minnesota against a, a bad Minnesota team. We'll beat Minnesota. We might even get back into the division race. Who knows? We got three more games against the Rays this year, so there's not really a, a possibility of us just taking control of our own destiny with them. We got to rely on other teams to beat the Rays, but who knows? Who knows? But I am, at this moment, 100% confident that the New York Yankees will be in the 2021 postseason. All righty. We'll take that and run with it. We got it. All right. That'll wrap it up this week, and we'll see you all next week. Sounds good.